Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Xavier Howard has a foot injury. They do not know his status for next week or even r- what the injury actually is against mm-hmm. the Bills. Tua Tungavailoa yeah. appears to be okay. He did injure his left shoulder, his throwing shoulder. And Matt Bradley Chubb probably yeah. tore his ACL as we sit here right now. That's what it looks like. They're already down Jalen Phillips. They're already down Connor Williams. Um, they have a lot of injuries. This is a Miami Dolphins team that's going to be wounded. The Bills have to mm-hmm. go there. They have to win. And everything is on the line. The two seed. The two seed. After all of this. They can be the two seed, which they were last year, by the way, at the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. It is amazing. And I think that they have a great opportunity to go into Miami and get the win. They are favored in this game. The line opened up at about two, two and a half at most places. That surprised me. I thought the Dolphins were going to be favored in this game. I am genuinely concerned if it's a win and be the two seed or lose and go home. And it feels like it's kind of shaping up that way because they did not get a lot of help from around the league today. But I still think that this is a team that they can beat. I think most Bills fans will immediately go back to the game week four and say, well, the last time we played them, we won by 28. What do we got to be concerned about? And they're more banged up. Yeah, they're more banged up, but so are the Bills. Bills had Matt Milano in that game. The Bills had Tredavious White in that game. The Bills had a fully healthy Daquan Jones in that game. They had a Stefan Diggs who still looked like one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL who has not been like that for a month and a half in that game. Khalil Shakir had a huge game. Like They had a lot of guys in that day contribute. Josh Allen had five total touchdowns. Josh Allen does not look like a guy who could score five total touchdowns the way he played against the Patriots. They can flip a switch. Josh has been incredibly good against that Dolphins team, but Leaving it down to one game basically makes it a playoff game before you even get to the playoffs. And to me, that's dicey. That's concerning. You want to, I think the best case scenario for the Bills, obviously, would be if the game is Sunday night. And by that point, they know that they're in because one of either the Jags or the Steelers lost. And then they're just playing for seeding. Right. So let's walk through that real quick. The scenario for the Bills to get into the playoffs is A, win against Miami. That mm-hmm. takes care of everything, and it gets in the two seed. Yep. Or B, if they happen to lose, they have to have either the Jaguars <coughs> excuse me, lose to the Titans in a game yep. where the Titans are playing out the string. Although, TFC South, Mike Vrabel and the Titans would love to spoil the Jacksonville Jaguars season. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Or have the Steelers lose to the Ravens in what probably is going to amount to their backups I would doubt Lamar is going to play, but maybe, maybe. I mean, last year, I do want to point out last year, I believe the Ravens did beat the Bengals with mostly backups late in the season to hurt the Bengals and their chances for seeding. And I think that happened as well. But that would be the other path. And I think you tweeted out 
there could be a tie with Indy and yeah, if, Houston. Yeah, if Houston, I mean, if, if yeah. Houston and Indy tie, then the that Bills would, also, would also get in. Right. But yeah. either way, let's just talk wins and losses here and not complicate it. Bills mm-hmm. either have to win or rely on both Houston. I'm one, one of, I'm sorry, Jacksonville or Pittsburgh to lose their games. And I wouldn't want to rely on that. That's for sure. No. Now, as far as, you know, seeding and who they're going to play, the way it shakes out is the Bills cannot get the three seed. They cannot get the four seed. They cannot get the five seed. They either win and they are the two. We know that. And then they're going to host someone other than Miami. If they get the two, Miami cannot be the seven. So the Bills would host probably uh, it Te- would be Texans or, or Colts it or Pittsburgh. Be, that's right. Yeah. The Bills, however, if they were to lose to Miami, they could still make the playoffs as a six or seven. And then they would go to either Kansas City or Miami. It could be back-to-back Miami trips. Yeah, absolutely. I think that also there is something to be said. I do not think Lamar is going to play in this game, or I don't think he's going to play the full game. But because they have already clinched the bye, don't you think it's a little risky to not play for back-to-back weeks the way you're humming right now? It almost feels like what the Bills did when they actually eliminated the Dolphins in week 17 or 18 a couple of years ago, because even though they were the two seed and they did not have the bye, they had their starters play the first half because they did not want them to get rusty and their starters absolutely went off. So maybe that's the way they think. And they go, Hey, if we've got some nicks and bumps and bruises, we've got a bye week anyway to get ourselves right. Cause we want to make sure that we're still clicking or they just say, Hey, we don't think the risk is worth it. We're going to play Tyler Hunley. We're going to play whoever on the line, whoever as our wide receivers. It's an interesting one. I, I think that, it's it's tough. This is going back to this is why that whole New York Times and ESPN playoff yeah. machines. They're so because a couple weeks ago when the Browns played whoever they played, there was a game. It was the Browns Texans, I think. And you could make the argument either way that, oh, you want the Texans to win or oh, you want the Browns to win. Well, now, because the Browns have a spot clinched, there's one less spot even up for grabs. And I don't know. I don't know what's good. Just win, right? Just win. Well, you control your own yeah. destiny. And I do want to make the point. I apologize. The, the Bengals did actually win that game against the Ravens last year. I do want to look, though. The Ravens did not play Lamar last year, but the Ravens didn't have the one seed, like you said. That could uh-huh. be the difference here because they're already going to have that bye. And, you know, you don't know. But last year, the Bengals actually did wind up being – and maybe it was the Bengals who didn't have as much to play for. Either way, I remember there was something like that. I don't want to confuse myself or any of the listeners out there. Now, let's talk about times of games. We don't know. We're at 9.06 right now. We don't know. It hasn't been announced by the league. All right. I mean, people will know anyway. Do you predict Bill's Dolphins Sunday night because of everything on the line? Yeah, I think what's going to happen, and if this podcast comes out and we're completely wrong, then we're completely wrong. I'm wrong. assuming. I'm wrong every day. That about it'll, yeah, exactly. I think it'll be Colts, Texans on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then I think that the Jags and Steelers will play at 4.30. And then I think it'll be Bills, Dolphins in primetime on Sunday Night Football because the storylines are just way too intriguing. If the Bills potentially can lose and miss the playoffs completely, then it's basically a playoff game for the Bills. And I think that's very interesting. If even both teams are already in, the idea of having the two seed up for grabs in the AFC is also super intriguing. So I, I do think that, and also, this is TV. You want good TV. You know who makes good TV? Josh Allen and Tua, more so yes. than Gardner Minshew and CJ Stroud, no disrespect, or 
even if it's an NFC game, are they really going to put the Vikings and Jer- and then go against the Lions? That's another game that's like for seeding and potentially if they could win or the Packers. So I, I really do think it's going to be Bills on Sunday Night Football. All right. We asked for some of your questions. And can I ask one other thing? Yes. Go ahead. One other thing about the Dolphins. Jalen Waddell missed this game. Raheem Mm -hmm. Mostert missed this game. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Mostert seems like one that could linger into next week, but it sounded like Waddell kind of could, right? I don't think he practiced. Waddell has high ankle sprain, and usually that's at least four, sometimes six to eight weeks. But I like Waddell. I mean, four weeks, let's just say. I mean, I'd be. I'd be surprised if we came back next week, but I don't know. It, when everything's on the line, sometimes you you push it a little bit. That would be risky, though, if they were to do that and he were to aggravate it for the playoffs. So I agree with that. Mostert, as you said, um, so, well, as you brought up this week, I it doesn't doesn't sound necessarily like that would linger, but who knows? You never know with these injuries. The other thing I'll bring up is, real quick, I don't know if you know the situation, but they were down 30 when Chubb got hurt, and McDaniel's taking a little bit of fire for that. Yeah, for sure. I saw that. And I also think they were down pretty big when Chandler Phillips got hurt, right? Or they were up pretty big. It felt like both of those injuries oh, happened. Yeah, that's I don't want to say in meaningless parts of games, but parts of games when maybe those guys should not be on the field. I think when Tua got hurt, they kept him out of the rest of the game on Sunday because it was already done. The game was already over. But yeah, I mean Chubb would be a if you've got that team. Without Jalen Phillips and Chubb, that would be like the Bills playing without Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau. DeAndre asks at Sal Sports and at Matt underscore Bove on Twitter. He says, while you're on the sidelines, Sal, I'll ask you this, Matt. You've been down there, and I think it's just a general question anyway. Do you see the QB or head coach, QB coach or head coach, laying into Allen after turnovers, um, poorly placed balls or turn, turn downs? I don't know what that means. I understand he's great, but everyone needs to be coached, including Allen. Well, no, I mean, I mean, there's times where you'll see Josh or the coach, you know, Sean McDermott say something, or you know, it doesn't. I don't want to say lay into him like Brian Dable did his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh knows. Josh knows. You don't. Let me tell you something. Yes, Josh gets coached. Sean McDermott doesn't have to lay into Josh Allen about something on the sidelines. Josh knows when he makes a mistake. Now. It's also, there's a game going on, right? I mean, you got to, you get caught up in that stuff. You're not coaching if you're doing that. But I will tell you, because Sean McDermott tells us every week how much he talks to to Josh and understands that. He says Josh knows. Josh knows. He does know. So, Matt, Matt, my answer is, I don't see it, but I don't need to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that there is something to be said, though. Like, Brian Dable felt like he could unlock Josh Allen and also could lay into him when he mm-hmm. needed to tell him that, like, hey, you're hurting the team right now. You need to calm down. That's the entire conversation specifically of should the offensive coordinator be in the booth or should they be out on the field? Because when they're down on the field, you obviously get that face-to-face interaction and you can have those conversations. But if you're up in the booth, as Joe Brady has obviously decided and a lot of others have decided, you could just see the game better and you can plan a game better. And then that comes down to the quarterback coach and – for a while, that was Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey would be the guy down on the field and Brian Dable would be the one up in the booth. So, yeah, the, the he knows. I, I don't know if he needs it. I don't know if somebody needs to be yelling at him when he's making mistakes. I also do think, though, there are times when it's warranted and maybe it would make him. I don't want to say... I don't want to say play scared because that's certainly not what you want, but be more a li- accountable a little bit about those mistakes. Well, I don't think that Sunday was necessarily a day you had to lay into him about anything. Um, he had, 
an interception. It was not a great decision, but he's trying to make something happen. Play. I mean, it was a bad play. It was a bad, you know, I mean, bad I mean those things, again, probably more bad decision than bad throw, right? I mean, you, you just you just can't throw that ball. You can't throw that yeah, ball. Yeah, you can't throw ball, that the ball. The ball wasn't, like, poorly placed. It was just a bad decision. So mm-hmm. maybe, I guess, on that one, especially because it was first down and long, it wasn't third down. It wasn't like an arm punt, necessarily. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always bring this up, Matt. You can lay in them and tell them, don't do this, don't do that. Well, guess what? Then there's going to be a play like he flips to Khalil Shakir. And you take Mm -hmm. that away from him, maybe. And you don't want to take those plays away from him either. No, no. You got to you got to live and die with it, right? There's times when it's spectacular. Yeah. And there's times when it's like, what the heck did you do that for? But I think if you eliminate the really egregious mistakes, you also probably eliminate most of the really jaw-on-the-floor plays that he is capable of making. And for as bad as Josh was on Sunday, I will give him credit because on those last few drives, he was good. He threw a gorgeous pass to Khalil Shakir when they were backed up second and 14. They take a sack or they lose a couple yards on a play, and then he hits Shakir for that big play that kind of got them out of their own end of the field and then allowed them to punt it and pin the Patriots deep, and then they get the ball back again. He hits Shakir on a crucial play. He made a couple nice run plays on the ground. He picks up the first down. So for all of the bad, there once again was – some good at the end of the game and that was the same thing we saw against the chargers where there was some bad but then when it mattered the most he was good all right let me get a couple more and then we're going to end this uh podcast it's always game day in buffalo thanks for listening subscribe please also check us out on video at sales sports on youtube rook says odds the dolphins concede the concede the division rest starters if the bills go up big early in the game if the Bills are up um, big, are the, when, do the Dolphins wave the white flag? When does that happen? My answer, I'll tell you what I think. I don't think at all. That, they wait, they're, they're too explosive. They would not do that. No, absolutely. That's not a team that should ever be. I guess that goes back to your point about Bradley Chubb and why was he in the game. 30 yeah. points is excessive, and especially defensively. But as long as they have Tyreek Hill, as we saw with Kansas City, it takes one play for that guy to go. 50 yards, 60 yards, 70 yards, 80 yards, and burn you for a touchdown. Jalen Waddell is also the same way. If he's unavailable, that's another big blow for the Dolphins. Yes. But no, I, I don't think that there's any chance that they're conceded. This is the difference between potentially multiple home games in the playoffs, and you. that's valuable. That's very valuable, and that's the same thing for the Bills. If they end up as the two seed, you are not traveling until at the earliest the AFC championship, which is I you know, as good as it gets, obviously, besides being the one seed. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Eric Allen tweets in, where does Rasul Douglas rank in mid-season additions, both under this regime and all time to the best of your recollection? I mean, under this regime, he's number one easily, right? Mid-season additions. Calvin Benjamin didn't really do much. No. They, I mean, even even signing someone as opposed to trading for someone, I can't think of anyone who's had a bigger impact. In fact, I think it is one of the best 
midseason editions of all time. The only one that would be right up there for me, and maybe is actually probably more meaningful, is when they traded for Cornelius Bennett on Halloween night, you know, when he his rookie year before he signed. He played his first game in Buffalo in a Bills uniform. He was unsigned. Because Cornelius Bennett went on to help the team go to four Super Bowls. And that year, I would say, though, he didn't help them make the playoffs. They went seven and eight. It was a strike-shortened 15-game season. But Cornelius Bennett might be the best, biggest midseason addition this organization has ever had. Rasul Douglas might be the most impactful for one year that they got him that year. What was the deal with Cornelius Bennett? I, I don't know the Cornelius history Bennett here. was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in 1987. He refused to sign with them. He did not want to sign a contract. Um, so at the trade deadline, which happened to be Halloween night, the Bills, the Rams, and the Colts made a three-way deal. And that's when the Rams traded Eric Dickerson, one of the all-time great running backs, to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts traded Cornelius Bennett, his rights, to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills traded Greg Bell, a good running back, to the Rams, but also two first-rounders and a second-rounder to the Colts to help get Cornelius Bennett in that deal. He, he was that good? They gave up all that stuff for him? Like and, they and, 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 and they maybe it, it turned out that they could have given up more because that's how great he was. How I knew he was good because you know yeah. I'm from He's here. He's borderline Hall of Famer. He didn't make the Hall of Fame, but yes, he, so, he was an incredible how, how early of a pick was he? He was a first round pick who refused to play the for the Colts. Second pick overall, maybe I'll have to say yes. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Oh, okay. I did not know that he was like that highly regarded prior to even joining the Bills. I didn't even know that he was not drafted by the Bills. I just assumed that he was in kind of that window of eighty five to ninety when they just loaded up on all those super talented players. That's interesting. No, thank you. He was, thank you for the history lesson. Second overall pick, and uh, they were unable to come to a contract, and that's when they wind up trading him. And the the if you go back and look, Matt, the picks that came out of that all turned out to be pretty much average at best NFL players. Was back in the I don't want to say back in the day, but in that era, were picks not as highly regarded or valued as they are now? No, they definitely were. They definitely were. There was a big debate. There were people saying like. I can't believe you traded that much. And for a linebacker, right? But he was a pass rusher, a linebacker. And I would say that position and even off-ball linebackers may be more valued that you'd give up that um, back then. But people were thinking the Bills gave up way too much. And Greg Bell, Matt, they also gave up Greg Bell, a thousand-yard running back in the deal to go the other way to um, the Rams. And um, the next year, they drafted Thurman Thomas. So obviously that helped. But yeah, he was high, that highly regarded. I would say that was the greatest midseason addition in the history of the organization for what he meant. I think Russell mm -hmm. Douglas... It's right there now as far as what he means for this team to Matt, to, to lose Tredavious White and get this guy in the middle of the season yeah. is unbelievable. And you get him and, and you have him next year and yes. potentially longer right. than that. He's still under contract. Yeah. That's what makes the Rasul Douglas edition so impressive is that it's not just whatever happens this season. It's also you have a legit bona fide guy yeah. next year and then potentially down the road if they decide to sign him to a contract extension. And I have no reason to believe that won't be a conversation because he's been that good. All right, before we leave, you were in the post-game locker room. I mean, sorry, press conference. Josh Allen mm -hmm. got banged up on his last play, the last run. He uh, went to the sidelines. Kyle Allen came in. What did Josh have to say about his injury? I am finding the exact quote, so I do not get it wrong. So I posted it. Allen said everything is okay with shoulder. Said it was a little stinger. He's never felt that before. And quote, we are good to go. 
So I think we should be good to go. Or he the should be most amazing part about that to me is he's never had a stinger. Like if you play football, you generally are good, especially offensive football in a position that gets hit, you're going to get a stinger. And that sucks. I mean, it can be, you know, way worse. And thankfully for Micah Hyde to come back, it, it hasn't been. But to never have a stinger playing football at the quarterback position is wild to me. I mean, a stinger, you, you people, let me put it this way. If you don't know what a stinger is, so you know how sometimes you turn your neck one way and it literally feels like you got stung by a thousand bees down your neck and spine? Yeah. It's, it's what a, a stinger basically feels like a lot of ways in football, but it's more painful because you get hit and you feel it and it's just painful and you can't kind of move and it's a little, and you worry like, okay, I can't move it here. It's, um, it's sore and that's happening. That's what a stinger basically is. Well, a stinger is actually a sub and it's a steak and chicken finger sub. That is what a stinger is. So what you just described is factually inaccurate because we're talking about stingers in Buffalo. Yes. That is what people are referring to. And usually they are being consumed at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. So that's when a stinger is good. Is that what you're going to have for New Year's Eve to celebrate? No, no, a stinger? no, 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 no. I'm going are you to staying up tonight. Until probably, I mean, until after they announce the game times and then you're going to yes. like, let's say that happens at, 11 o'clock you're staying for another hour to for the ball to drop i i will be awake until the sunday night football game ends yeah unless i am going to lose and then i i won't be able to go to bed because i'll just okay. be miserable and i like i take fantasy football way too seriously and it'll completely ruin my night if i end up losing so i'll stay awake for the entire sunday night football game and then at that point I'm already awake. It's 11.15. It's 11.20. I'll watch the ball drop, and I'll just kind of basically hang out until that point. Wow. Maybe have a, cel- maybe have a celebratory cocktail for the end All of right, this I year. Like yeah. I don't know. How about you? Do you stay up? Not as much these days. If I can't. I usually generally have it on as I'm falling asleep, but I'll watch until I know the, the time of the, the game week 18. And then it'll be like, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. I think that's what it'll be for me this year. I I, I have to work in the morning. I got to be on with Jeremy and Joe at 7 a.m. And then I get to have normal show from 10 to 12. Yeah, because it's a Buffalo football Monday. It's on New Year's Day. So we're doing that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we moved our show from New Year's Day. Well, obviously, because ABC has the yeah. college football games. So those are those are big time. So we moved our show until Tuesday. I've never been a New Year's guy. I hate New Year's. I don't know why. I've just always been somebody who like gets weirdly kind of, I don't want to say depressed, but like really like lethargic and kind of emotional on New Year's. I don't know why. I just have always been that way. And what's that song that people play on New Year's? I hate that song. Old Lang Syne. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I've gone yeah. to, by the way, I've gone to Times Square for New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Gotta be honest with you. Glad I did it. and Don't think I'd ever do it again. I'll tell you this. Today, when we were recording this, New Year's Eve, December 31st, is the six-year anniversary of the Bills ending the drought. Yes. You were in Miami for when they ended the drought. I think the only place... I don't want to say better, but maybe as good as where I was, which was in McFadden's Bills Backers Bar in New York City, because I was there covering the Winter Classic the next day on New Year's Day. But after the Sabres practiced that morning, New Year's Eve morning, I went to McFadden's. There was a line wrapped around the bar a block away. I waited in that line to meet up with friends. I got in during the second quarter. 
I watched the Bills win that game, and then I watched everything happen with a full capacity bar, and people, uh, Sal, I'm not exaggerating when I say people were sobbing, people were jumping on the bar, people were hugging. It was unbelievable. It is one of my favorite sports memories to be there. And then because I'm there for work, I call the station and I'm like, Hey, I got all this video from inside this bar. This is great. They're like completely forget scrap the Sabres stuff. Just get reaction. All those reaction from right there. And then the next day, of course, the Sabres lost in the winter classic. That's what they do. Yeah. I remember going in the locker room and the celebration was incredible. And I have a, a phone up and I'm walking through the locker room to show it. And then getting off the plane was incredible. I have phone, I have footage of that. Just getting off the plane and the, and you know the celebration. It was like two a.m. And then Peter King called me to say, "You got to tell me more about this." And wrote a story in Sports Illustrated. It was great. That's so cool. So, what a what a moment! Um, what a moment for Buffalo sports. Ah, uh, it's great. Well, we'll see what happens next week, week eighteen in Miami. All right, we'll find out in a little while when the Bills are playing Sunday night. You'll know by the time you listen to this podcast. Hey, uh, for Mike Robbie, our producer. Happy New Year to everyone out there. We hope you really enjoy your New Year's Eve and into New Year 2024. And Matt, we obviously thank everybody for being with us throughout the entirety of the calendar 2023 season. Yeah, thank you so much. It's only a couple of years we've been doing this. We've got exciting things planned for 2024. Obviously, we'll see how far the bills go. We'll see where this season takes us because it has been a pretty crazy ride. And Hopefully 2024 is another year of growth for the show, growth for us individually, and a great year of, like I said, health and happiness, health and happiness for everybody that is listening. Happy New Year, everybody.